This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Quite frankly, we, we got a ton of guests coming up here in this power hour. Yep. Uh, Joel Berry, Luke Hancock will be here. Another angle on tonight's national championship game between uh, Kansas and Carolina. 9.20 Eastern time start tonight on uh, TBS. Uh, Kenny and uh, K.J. Smith here shortly. And uh, They're behind a, uh, they had gotten caught behind a uh, street sweeper. Yeah. Here they come. They're I, think they're, I think they're closing in on in route right now. Um, by the way, the uh, the backdrop here will be hard to replicate anything close to this down the road in the Packer and Durham uh, live shows. Don't have this in the basement. No. Uh, don't have a St. Louis Cathedral. But I will tell you, you know, when we were doing the pregame show on uh, Saturday, they put us out by the river. Yeah. Right? And uh, when the sun was going down, because that's where we were when the sun was going down, uh, we had creatures and vampires, right? Start so come out in New Orleans. We got creatures and vampires, and the sun goes down. I will tell you, uh, doing the show this morning, we were here an hour earlier than we were on Friday. That's right. So it was dark, and so we were, you know, zigzagging through the vampires and creatures on the way out here. But now that the sun's up, uh, the quality of life walking on the streets now much different. <laughs> Than it where it was three four hours are these, ago. Are these folks that participate in civilization on a day to day basis? I mean, we got the band playing over there at Cafe Dumont. The lines forming there. We've got the, some of the artists coming out here on Jackson Square. Uh, we've got people jogging. The street looks good. Maybe yeah. got the thing cleaned up. We're ready to roll. But you know, at night, it's a different animal at night in the Big Easy now. This is why this town is unique and special. Yeah. Creatures and vampires are out here at night. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We. We had uh, Tugboat Johnny and his dancing chihuahuas out there Saturday <laughs> doing the pregame show. We had all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, we did. The street We also had, we also had a lot of people that were fans of the show that came by. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. were in the uh, in kind of that uh, era, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, I, I tell you, the street performers in this town are <laughs> top-notch, man. I, that's why it's a unique experience. We had a guy look like Ed Reed that was talking to us. Earlier today. I, I thought it was Ed Reed. <laughs> no, it was not Ed Reed. Talking about Miami football. Yeah. Kane's going to be good. Okay. That's <laughs> he what was, he was saying. He was having a one-man conversation with himself for 15 minutes. Elsewise, it was all good. He did a little voodoo magic. I don't think there. he was a Packer and Durham guy. I don't think he really knew he had no idea anything we about the ACC Like, like most people. All right. Uh, hey, how about this? Hey, here they this come. This show is so good we can do live walk-ons. Yeah, we got the Smith family coming in. We're going to get everybody hooked up, and uh, then we'll visit with Kenny and KJ. Uh, Duke and Carolina the other night, and we said this a moment ago, the idea that that brand got sent nationally, Pack, I, I think it doesn't – I mean, remember, we had this conversation, the leverage in the series and all these other things. Carolina certainly winning the last two has an impact. But, man, a lot of people found out the other night what all the fuss is about, didn't they? Yeah, but, you know, for those people, whoever they are, uh, I don't know where y'all been. I mean, you know, no disrespect. If you've been paying attention to college basketball for the last, oh, I don't know, three, four, five, six decades. Right. These two have been doing this for a long, long time. That game we had the other night was a great basketball game. But they've been playing great basketball games against each other for so long that, like I said, we get spoiled because we've been in the middle of it since dirt, right? I mean, we've seen that game, it seems like, dozens of times before. Granted, it wasn't on a national stage in terms of the Final Four, 
But we've seen Duke and Carolina play games, Wes, that you went, my God, the crowds, the players, the coaches, the environments, the championships. That's what it's always been about, about those two. And so I thought Saturday night just added to the lore. They played 258 times. We've never seen that game in the Final Four. I thought both teams were great. And the thing I loved about it the most, it wasn't that Duke lost, is that Carolina found a way to win it. And right. somebody won the game. It wasn't that somebody lost it. Carolina made shots, so did Duke. It was, it was a, just a heavyweight fight once it was tied up at 55 coming down the yeah, stretch. Yeah, just a terrific, terrific ball 18 game. 18 lead changes. What are we oh, talking yeah, about? I mean, that, that, see, to me, the full throttle of the, of the game really, uh, really took shape last night in the last, uh, what, seven and a half minutes? Awesome. Yeah. It's exactly what we all wished we were going to get, and that is Duke and Carolina playing great basketball when it mattered the most, and that's what we got exactly what we got all right so here we go we're gonna get uh kj and kenny what's i mean up, who, what's up? this is live live television yes, good to sir. see you yes, sir. grab a chair yes, look at this huh how you, how you been man good, good to see you man how you been good morning i'm playing uh i know you're i know you're enjoying this weekend oh it's a fun weekend well it, it, you know obviously the game made it made it fun <laughs> um but just the camaraderie and getting to see generations of players from Carolina all here at one time. You know, we had uh, put a, together a little uh, reception last night. I heard we there had, was a point guard party last night. Yeah, we had about 30 guys, man, that was just in town. I, I knew we were there. I was like, let's do something at the hotel and and uh, wind up being a nice event. You get all the generations, all the stories, all of the different things, a great family reunion. All right, but wait a second. How about my man here the other night, Finds his way back to the yeah, hotel. I don't know how he did that. You got to tell. Hey, I don't on even the know team you bus. You on got the on the bus. team bus. You on the team bus. And you know it's crazy because I'm I'm one year removed, so I'm still <laughs> play like I played against and with these guys in practice and competed with them and talked trash to them and killed RJ and Caleb in practice. That's another story. Yeah, okay, but, we need to hear that one. Yeah, yeah we need to hear more about that. You, things you miss is you know being in the locker room and being on the team <laughs> bus, and you don't realize it until you go back, and then you come back. Uh, and you're going on the team bus and they're just talking about plays in the game. They're talking about, you know, their girlfriends coming. They're like, we're gonna, I can't wait to get to and, you know, see my parents and all this stuff. And the band is in the, in the, in the hotel playing. There's thousands of fans. It was the best experience. I, it's one of yeah, my favorite I, I Carolina was experiences. On the team bus. Gotta, hey, Kenny. I got to figure out how to get hey, we went tonight. Hey, I got to figure out Hey, Kenny. When I went to work at Georgia Tech and Dad was still doing Carolina, I wasn't allowed to grow on the team trips anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, listen. I, you know what the funny thing is, is, is um, if you look at, again, the, the, the two schools that, you know, and, and obviously the Kansas Villanova game was a great game. Yeah. But I, I said it on the air uh, when we were on the air. I, I just thought it was probably. In our generation, the most historic game that has ever been played. Uh, you know, I don't think you ever can replicate what was going on. You know, Coach K obviously is his last game. Hubert in his first Final Four. You have Duke, North Carolina. You have the plethora of players that's come through both programs. You could never recreate that um, environment again. I don't think ever right. in, in our lifetime. It will never happen again. So the greatest college basketball game in our lifetime was played last Saturday night. Ooh. Well, and plus, there's only one first. Yeah. That was the first. That was right. the first. 258 first time times. ever. Right. First 258 time times they've been battling, but yeah. it's the first time we saw them in the in final, final four. four. The only thing gets better if we play them in the national championship. Well, maybe, maybe next year. <laughs> KJ, I want to go to you, though. But, you know, you've seen North Carolina at a high and a low during your career. I mean, that's got to make, I think, even what's going to happen tonight even more special because you've seen the ebb and flow of this program. 
Yeah, I mean, it's amazing because this is the first year where I not only just watched UNC, I kind of got a gauge for everybody in college basketball. And I really became a fan so much more of uh, just the ACC and being able to see them come. In my time, like you said, they've been, we've had, we've had highs and had lows and they had the same thing this year. On my first game calling UNC this year, they were down 25 at halftime. And so as an alumni, you, you, I came on and I said, you know, I know these guys, they didn't come, they didn't show up to play today. You know, they just simply didn't show up. And it was hard for me at first to come on and say that because, you know, you, you're d debating, all right, I don't want to be too hard, but you have to call it how you see it. You know, no matter who it is, if it's Duke, it's Carolina, you got to call it how you see it. And I've learned that and I'm so proud of how far they've come between then and now. All right, we were in Houston a couple of years ago and I know you got excited in the Syracuse and then they played Villanova for the championship game. But we got video here that uh, uh -oh. this was the other day. Oh, okay, okay. I'll now, I mean, this is Saturday, not Houston. <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing that to you on Houston. It's too early. But the other day now, I mean, you're, you're like, and I know it's tough for former players, Kenny. I've been told. I mean, Brendan Haywood told me years ago, it's hard for former guys to sit and watch, isn't it? Well, because you understand, as you see that guy behind me, Charles Barkley, <laughs> yeah. cheering against it. But I think the one thing you see is, you know, you're not, you're not only just cheering as a, as a alumnus or a former player, but you really cheer as an alumnus as well. Yeah. Because you're, you know, we're, you're in the stands, there's no control. And I think everything, all your emotions are there. You, you understand what the magnitude of this is. I think even more than the average fan that's sitting there. Right. And you understand, you know, you know I've went to the Elite Eight five, four, three times out of my four years there and lost every year in the Elite Eight to the eventual national champion. So I understand what this means and the levity of it. So I think all of those emotions is like you're living vicariously through the players. Uh, it's funny because uh, Pete Chilcutt's son came up to me last night at the reception. At the time he was, I think, six. He shows me a picture, he was six at Pete's wedding with, and I'm standing with Hubert. And Hubert, and he's six, he's 20, 32 now. And so, so, so but that's the, environment that you you all those emotions are in that one those moments as you're watching the players play kenny um who knows who makes the big shot tonight because it may come down to that it can yeah. be another legendary shot somebody makes something but caleb loves shot the three the dagger right. against duke given what was at stake you've been a part of this program for 100 years where, where, where's that shot fall in the pantheon of incredible moments of north carolina oh, it's, basketball it's, history it's definitely in the top five moments of ever you know ever uh, obviously, if it was a national championship win, like Michael's was, it's a little bit different. You know, that's, a, you know, but because of who it was, the levity of it, yes, it, it's top two, three, without question. Um, I w it was one, no one could hear, but that, it, it's, a, and I know now with Pat Sullivan on the bench, Sean May, you know, and Hubert being in the NBA, that's an NBA play, meaning I'm screaming, shoot the three, shoot the three, because it's 27 <laughs> seconds. Because you're up one, right. if you make the three, the game is over. Right. If you miss, all you need is one stop. So there's a no-lose no situation. So I'm, I was so happy he looked for the three and was able to contest, make it all. And then when he shot the three, the game's over, because now it's a shoot free throw contest. And so, you know, I think Hubert's experience of being in the NBA and knowing that, you know, this is the play we're looking for, and then obviously Caleb's, fearlessness to take it 
is, is really incredible. And wasn't that the greatest thing about the game, though, Saturday night, was both teams. It wasn't just one guy oh, making, no. I'm on fire, give me the ball. How many guys stepped on both sides and said, hey, I'm making the shot? And I thought the last two or three minutes was just brilliant basketball. Well, you know, it, brilliant basketball, and you know, both sides, obviously, with Ben Carroll was playing incredible. Griffin had, you know, great drive to the basket. They, they were in foul trouble, Williams and and, uh, uh, and and their bigs for the Duke. But, I, you know, I, I'm not, for Krejci, I got a question. Like, when you guarded and was playing against RJ and Caleb in practice, could you see this type of growth? Because to me, from last year to this year, the growth has been phenomenal. Super solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you could see that growth last year. Yeah, well, for me, obviously, in the summer, I had, I did a list of top five of every position, who's coming back and who's going to be the best players. And I put Caleb Love as one of the top five point guards coming back. I put Armando top five centers coming back. Yeah. And a lot of people gave me flack for it. They didn't understand it. But I had, I had seen it firsthand every day in practice what they could do when they had their confidence right. I think the biggest thing for Caleb last year was his shot selection. And yeah, he was shooting you know, that big shot like he hit the other night, but he just wasn't shooting at a great percentage. And he worked out. In the summer, he came to LA, worked with the legendary trainer Drew Hanlon, worked on his shot all summer long. RJ's always had the confidence. And you know, there's the two All-American point guards, uh, McDonald's All-Americans coming back. I felt like they were gonna have a great season, and they did. Key key to win, what's the key tonight yeah. for both of them? What do you think for Carolina tonight? to win tonight, what happens? I think, you know, there's four guys that can go off for 20 points on Carolina, either Brady, RJ, Armando, um, and Caleb Love. And I think one of those guys has to go for a, a 25 for them to win. Okay, Kenny. Well, I, I would I would say that they have four guys that can get 25 to 30 because they've proven that in the tournament that they've scored 25 <laughs> yeah. to 30. I don't think there's a team in the country that could say they have four guys that could get 25 to 30 points in the country, or have gotten it in a in a to win a national champion. I don't think that's ever happened. Four yeah. guys that's gotten over 25. So I think the pace of the game for Carolina is um, is, is great. Honestly, um, Kansas likes to play fast, and when you have so if, if if you and I shot 10 shots. I like your chances. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you might make seven, I make seven. We might not know who's a better player, but if right. we both shoot 30 shots or 40 shots, my, my percentage is gonna go up. And I think because they play fast, I think, I know Ochai's a great player, Abaji's a great player, uh, Ochai Abaji, but I don't know if he's Van Carroll, you know? I, I don't think he's that. I got you. So I don't know if they have enough to play fast, even though they're the best in the country to this part point at playing fast. Yeah. That, to me, I think could be the separator. Uh, when you give Caleb, Manic, uh, and um, RJ, and, and Armando four guys more shots, I think that's to their advantage the, tonight. Kenny, if we took 10 shots each and we tied, Barkley would ride you. <laughs> <laughs> He'd ride you right out of hey, New Orleans. He'd never to, see you again. Uh, ten layups. Ten layups. <laughs> there you go. Look man. here, Jet. Uh, this, as you know, is an old school show, right? Okay. I mean, you obviously know we're old school. Say no more. All the way. Before we go, KJ, you know what I'm getting ready to do to you, old man, don't you? No. I, Let's go to the picture. <laughs> here it is. Let's flash it back. 1360 CHL. Oh, 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 oh
Hey, I remember that that day with your dad. Man. I remember that. Was day. that early in the morning? Yeah. No, 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 no. You know, no. I had the sleepy eyes back then. Still do. Is that hair? Think, my brother used to say you have the meekest eyes ever. But yeah, you know, that was my first interview, ever, ever at Carolina. So uh, they were like, "You're going to do it with Woody Durham. You're going to do an interview uh, for the Dean Smith Show." And I was like, I had, being from New York, I had never, we didn't have any of that stuff. So I had no idea what it was. And they said, what do you want to do? I said, I'm in, I said, Mr. Durham, I'm in the music. He says, yeah. okay, we're going to take you to a music store. Yeah. And we're going to play some records that you like to hear. That's and great. so that was my very first interview as a freshman at North Carolina. Yes, I wish I had that hair. <laughs> I was say, I was like, is that a lineup? Hey, thanks for coming to do this. Good luck tonight, my man. All right. Uh, thank you, Pleasure. Kenny. Thank hey, you. by the way, tell Barkley to understand, it's Baycott. He couldn't even remember no, the guy's name no. or not. Help him out, will you? Well, you know, the one thing, you know, with Charles is, like, he'll, we'll play and he'll say, what's, uh, Kevin, I'm like, Durant. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not just college basketball. He's Bobby Crimson. He's Bobby Crimson. No, he does that all the time. Hey, that's class. Kenny Smith, KJ Smith, when we come back, George Carl, Hall of Famer, and one of the great Carolina guards of all time, too. Next on Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Hey, don't forget women's lacrosse on ACC Network Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Number 7, Duke visits Virginia Tech. Like a lot of spring sports in the ACC, this one also going to impact the ACC standings. I'm telling you now, we're into early April. By the time we get to mid-May, we'll be in the championships. So everything counts now, and this does too. For Duke and Virginia Tech, Thursday night, 7 o'clock on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. Cool to have the Smith family on there, wasn't it? Yeah, After the Reese Davis, Chris Davis combination, we knew the Smith family. Yep, absolutely right. a new trend on the show. No question. Uh, This is a special treat for us to be able to be joined here uh, briefly by the one of the newest uh, inductees to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. And let's welcome the former Tar Heel point guard and great coach, George Carl, the pride of Penn Hills, Pennsylvania this morning. Welcome to Packer and Durham, George. Great to see you. Well, it's a great weekend for me, great weekend for the Tar Heels, and uh, let's top it off in another championship. Uh, before we get to the Heels, uh, from an individual standpoint, congratulations, seriously. It's long overdue, Hall of Fame, all that great stuff. And uh, what was that experience like when you got the word? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's reflective. I mean, there's no question that, you know, the last couple of years it's been talked about. My family's talked about it. My friends and coaches' friends have talked about it. But when it comes, it's humbling. And then you reflect. You go back on, you know, going to North Carolina. You're going back on, you know, all the texts and phone calls that you get of friends and people that you might have forgotten about a little bit. People back in Penn Hills, Pennsylvania, and back in, you know, Albany, New York, and Real Madrid. And, and it's reflective very much so. But the most important part is humbling. I mean, it's, you realize what a great game we have, and uh, basketball has been so good to me and my family. 
And, and, and I know that Coach Smith was probably the most humble man I have ever been around. And, and he always told me to go back and thank the people that helped you get there. And so I got emotional about Coach and, and about the North Carolina. And then I go down to New Orleans and this team, in an amazing way, has turned this season into a celebration that I've never felt before in a long time. And uh, so it's been a great weekend for me. A lot of thoughts, a lot of emotion, but also a lot of celebration. Yeah. Um, I am, uh, I, I, you know, I was looking back, and, and when your name came up the other day on the nomination list as a finalist, and Mark and I were talking about you, we were talking about Bob Huggins, obviously, who are guys that have been, you know, just terrific coaches at a lot of levels. And, and you mentioned, you know, Real Madrid, the Albany Patroons. Uh, I mean, then long before Seattle and all these other places. Why did coaching fit George Carl so well? Oh, you know, my answer to that is pretty simple because I love competing. I mean, co competition has kind of been my thing I thought I could always do. I didn't have a lot of fear. Uh, and I like a team game, uh, so I'd say the, the team being being on a team and then and competing and trying to make five guys play together and connect together in a way that no one else can beat you. And so I'm I'm a competitor and I love to compete and I think I've been blessed because most of my life I've got to do that. George, as far as the Tar Heels are concerned, uh, you just mentioned Coach Smith. It seems kind of apropos tonight, doesn't it, that it's North Carolina and Kansas, two programs that uh, in a lot of ways are kind of connected at the hip, even though they don't play a great deal. But when they do, it's normally events like this in the Final Four, the NCAA tournament. But to imagine that North Carolina could cut down the nets tonight and have to go through Duke and Coach K and Bill Self in Kansas seems fitting in some respects, doesn't it? There's no question that this season, this ending, I was in Chapel for the Duke Carolina game where Duke killed us. And from that point in the first week in February till now, the karma of North Carolina basketball is, is magnified. It's jumped out. Hubert has done a great job mentally keeping this team in the game. And they're starting to realize that they can play. And, uh, and I, everybody says Kansas is the better team. Tell you what, Carolina has great karma right now. They're playing with confidence. Uh, they don't always play that well, but they find moments to figure out how to win the game. And mentally, they've been into the games. And that, that's not the team I saw earlier in the season. So I'm excited about tonight. And yes, this season has a little bit of a karma to it. And hopefully it's Tar Heel karma. Well, Pac, I got to tell you, this is Miss Jean's all-time favorite Carolina basketball player right here. You know that, George, right? You're still my mom's favorite Carolina player. Well, she took good care of me for so many years. It was amazing. And, you know, all those... <laughs> Durham Dempsey and Carl uh, Magnuson moments with uh, uh, the Dempseys and the Durhams. Uh, they're, they're tremendously in our, my heart. 
Uh, you know, yeah. I, uh, I have so many fond memories and of course the foundation of being a mentor by being mentored by coach and coach Guthridge. Yeah. They asked me a question. What, what does it they bring eyes? brings out the foundation of North Carolina basketball and me and in almost everybody that was under coach Smith and coach Guthridge. And coach George, Wolf, I know too. this now. George, I was going to say, now that uh, you're in the Hall of Fame uh, with Miss Jean, the least she can do is get some of those famous bourbon balls and lemon squares to you because she only makes them for really, really important people, and you have now certainly fallen under that category. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to come get them if she wants me to come down and pick them up. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, congratulations. It's a great moment, one to be proud of. Best to your family. All right, guys. Enjoy. Have a great day. Go Hills. Thanks. George Carl, latest inductee to the Basketball Hall of Fame. What a terrific player. And rightfully and so. And a hell of a coach, back. Rightfully so. Yep. Long overdue, yep. along with Bob Huggins and others. All right. When we come back, we're going to close the uh, power hour on this uh, title game Monday. Tell you what, you think it's been a good weekend for Roy Williams? Also on that short list is Joel Berry. He'll be here with Luke Hancock and more when we continue. Packer and Durham from the Big Easy on a Monday. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Hey, don't forget, tonight from New Orleans, Full coverage of Carolina-Kansas in the national championship game starts at 7 o'clock with the Nothing But Net program only to be followed at 11 o'clock by more Nothing But Net. Yeah, hardest working people on the ACC network and the ESPN app. That crew with Nothing But Net, Pat. Clubbing with the net. <laughs> <laughs> well, that may be in this segment, too. Let me tell you something. I, I told back. you, when the sun goes down in this town, we got vampires and creatures around this town. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and clubbing with the net. Clubbing uh, with the net. Welcome back to the non-sunglass side and the sunglass side of the uh, program this morning. Hey, Luke, seriously, I was making fun of you a while ago. Y'all were up here being cool yesterday wearing your shades because the sun was over here. <laughs> now, this, now the sun's actually in your eyes in the morning. Now now you put you take those shades off, you go, man, I can't see anything, right? Bright lights on the Final Four. I'm just trying to block it, trying to keep myself calm, composed, you know. Well, you ought to know, man. You've done that most outstanding player thing before. Well, it's not like right. you say we're getting ready That's to deal with school. dual most outstanding players. Yeah. That's I've old got a, school. I, but I've got a loss in New Orleans on my resume oh. in the Final Four, so not I need Carolina. to be ready for this. No. Not Carolina. Not, not Carolina. 5-0 <laughs> in the Final Four over here on the other side. Right, right. We're winners, man. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How hard was it sitting in the seats the other night? Man, I found myself one time, I was just sitting there, and my leg was, like, just tapping. <laughs> And I was like, what am I doing? But I was, I was, I wanted to be out there so bad, but I, I got a chance to see it from the other side. And I was just looking around the arena like, wow, I got a chance to play this, play in this game. But it was amazing, man. Being that close to the court, it was awesome. Surreal to go in that environment, see how electric it was, how many people are there, just the, the production that it is in the Final Four from a different perspective, like Joel's saying. It's almost like, wow, people care this much, or it's this big of a deal from yeah. this perspective. It's just very different. 
and I, I didn't have a, a horse in the race with the with the color blue out there, but uh, it still does make you want to get out there and put a jersey on. But you know what was great? We've been talking about this today, that it wasn't that anybody lost the game. I mean, those two heavyweights were throwing haymakers and the back and forth of somebody different wanting to take that shot. You guys have lived it that, hey, Ball's in my hand, I gotta make a play. And both teams delivered, North Carolina delivered one more shot. Exactly, and that's what I enjoyed about it. Um, regardless of the outcome, you know, this is all about the fans. Right. You know, it, it's about the teams, you know, doing what they need to do um, to have a successful season. But the fans got a chance to be able to enjoy that. And all the hype that went into it, 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 it delivered. So I was just excited that everybody got a chance to experience that. And down the stretch was one of the best moments um, in college history uh, with the way those guys were playing and those big-time shots that were made. All right, so here's the thing. and I've mentioned this to Pac a little bit. It's almost like everybody had to be here to see Duke Carolina on this stage to understand Duke Carolina. Right. You feel the same way? I, I do. And I honestly think that this – will intensify the rivalry even more. Um, you know, this was a huge, huge game. First time seeing that, but people got a chance because a lot of people don't get a chance to see that. Um, and a lot of people got a chance to see what the rivalry is really about. Yeah, I just, you know, as a Louisville, Kentucky guy, uh, I've seen good rivalries, but this was just such another level. It really was. And you had all the shades of blue here, but the ACC took over New Orleans. And some of those cheesy lines about the rivalry always delivers, this one I thought went above and beyond. The game had so many moments where you felt like the momentum swung and, and a team just totally took control. And then 30 seconds later, it just gets flipped on its head. It, it was just fantastic. And look, what makes it more remarkable is given a week's worth of hype, Coach K, oh. first time ever, 200. I mean, like we rattle them off every oh, one of them because we were hyping it up like crazy. And very seldom in sport history do you get the hype of an event that it actually over delivers. Well, that's what happened Saturday night in New Orleans. They say never, never meet your idol. Right. This one just in the moment had it all. I, I mean, we were talking about it off air. Just those moments where it looked like Duke totally had the game and then turn around and, and our uh, Paolo throws that ball back in and Mark Williams gets his fourth foul. You felt like Carolina had all the momentum. And then big Armando goes down with the ankle. You felt like Duke was just gonna seize control. That back and forth, that heavyweight fight where you're taking punches and throwing them back, that's what makes it great. That's what makes the moment great. All right, let me get to big shots. Because you hit your fair share. He had to shoot a lot of them, by the way. <laughs> he had to shoot a lot of them. Get those makes. He had to shoot a lot of them. Let me also say you were on the floor when I think the most recent big shot in Carolina history was made, and that was Luke's shot to beat Kentucky. Oh, man. Okay? So there is that. Put me in Caleb Love's shoes the other night. Do you know you want the ball? Caleb Love wanted the ball. Yeah. Do you – I mean, take me through the mentality. Luke hit big shots, you hit big shots, but – I want your perspective having played at Carolina, then I'll get Luke's. I mean, you hearing anything or you seeing the other guy? What's going on? I mean, in that moment, you're just like, you just, what do I need to do for my team? And he got the ball and he came off and he saw, he honestly, he doesn't need that much space. He'll shoot it with you on him. I mean, <laughs> that's just who he is. But he saw that space and he shot it and, um, those are the type of the moments that you want. You live for those type of moments. Um, and that will go down as one of the greatest shots. People are already putting that as their, their Twitter profile. It was like, you know, picture that, that's just the type of moment that you want to live in. And, and that was a huge shot. 
Um, I wish I could have took that shot. Yeah, but, I know you do. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a big one. Yeah, Luke, what's it like in that moment? You know, um, stepping up in that moment in the biggest game, that's how you win championships. And I think that your championship DNA has to come out. Guys that want the moment, they see the opportunity, and then they go seize it. And it all comes through adversity because in that first half, R.J. Davis said, you know, I got a strong back, guys. Come on, jump, jump on board. I'll carry you through a sluggish first half. And we talked about how you get yourself going in the second half, right? Yeah. Do you let him just go out there and keep taking shots? Do you, you know, try and find ways to get the ball to Armando and space things out? But Caleb Love just wants the big moment in the second half when the lights were brightest. You're right. He said, just give me the ball. Look, isn't that what makes North Carolina dangerous? Even tonight, where everybody's like, oh, they're exhausted. Hey, forget exhaustion, man. You're playing for a title tonight. But they've got four dudes that can light you up like a Christmas tree, and not all of them don't mind the moment with ball in hand, right? We got R.J. Davis and Caleb Love with a, a couple 30 balls. Brady Mannix had two 25-point-plus. Armando Baycott, oh, by the way, he's averaging 17 and 15 in this tournament, not too shabby. You're right, it's a pick-your-poison situation for Carolina, and I think that makes you incredibly dangerous. I know Leaky Black is a guy that you look at the skill set or maybe even look at the stat sheet and you think, man, this guy just didn't put in enough for the game, but he's done so many of those intangibles, guards the best player, so long and athletic. I mean, I'm, I'm watching him and his matchups in that Duke game, and he's literally guarding everyone on the floor. And like they're in a phone booth together. I mean, he's in their hip pocket the whole time. And tonight, while we talk about offensive weapons, Leaky Black may be the key to the whole deal with what he does on the other side. First team All-Americans on that side. Kansas is a one seed for a reason. Yep. Brown, Ochai Abaji, he's, he's gonna have that same recipe of I gotta guard anybody and everybody. Leaky Black's going to have that. I mean, we talked about it right before that game. He's going to be an X-Factor. I think Ochai Baji tonight, Leaky Black, Joel, that's the, that might be the subset of the whole story. It is. And, um, you know, Abaji is a great player, but, you know, on the other side of the ball, Leaky is a great defender. Um, and he will have to continue to do his job stopping the other player's best mm -hmm. player. Um, and he has done a great job. A.J. Griffin was a guy that yeah. had really been playing well for Duke. He was able to stop him. You see what Leakey has done throughout the tournament, throughout the year. So this is one of the, I, this might be the matchup that we pay attention to. I, I don't know if there's a more opposite player than I than, than my game than Leaky Black. I mean, he defends, he rebounds, <laughs> he, he can scream. You know, the shooting thing probably not high on his resume, but uh, I think we are exactly opposite. You would Leakey. love to play with him. Absolutely. Hey, you know, he doesn't. I got his shots. He got yeah. all his shots. You just go play. I don't know how many Leaky's averaging a game, but I got him. I got the shots. And forget that Leaky. You go. You go defend. Somebody, I'm wide open. By the way, Hancock, nine years later, the camo card jersey really is underrated, isn't it? The sleeves, the camo jersey. Yeah. They, they tried everything when I was coming through. Infrared, <laughs> when we were in New Orleans, to the camo sleeves the next year. Yeah, they did it all. LeBron, you know, popping the sleeves. You off couldn't wait to get, like, the black T-shirt on after the game <laughs> to celebrate to get off the jersey, right? I, that, I, that jersey might have stayed on for quite a few hours after the championship. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. Um, all right, we got plenty more to go. We're going to hold these guys to the last segment as well. Um, what does Kansas give you? We talk about Obaji. The McCormick-Baycott. If Baycott's not 100% tonight, mm. Luke, how big a concern? Huge. Unbelievably big. I mean, we talk about this guy, what he's put together this year. If we're voting for player of the year now, I think it's different. Right, Alondez Williams put together a great season. All due respect to Wake Forest, Steve Forbes, that group. But Armando has been different, especially later stages of this year. Yeah. Absolutely dominant. And he's the catalyst. You know, you look at Brady Manick and him shooting the ball. 
as a key to success for Carolina, but it has to start with Baycott because he opens things up for everybody. Driving lanes, that defense has to extend when he kicks it out to shooters. If he can't score one-on-one -on -one in the post with McCormick, they're in trouble. And, and McCormick just had such a size advantage against Villanova. Yeah. It was, you know, yeah. men against boys down there in the paint. He won't have that against Armando. Well, the hook here, Joel, is McCormick is not, and knock on wood if you're a Carolina fan, McCormick has not put back-to-backs together here recently. It's been one up, maybe one or two down, then one up again. He was clearly up on Saturday mm -hmm. because of the advantage. How do you think Carolina defends him tonight? Well, you just got to keep a body on them all times. You got to treat them like how teams were treating Armando. Um, you got to keep them off the boards. The other night, he had done a really good job of just being physical. You know, shot goes up. Right. He's one of those guys like Armando who doesn't need the ball to impact the game. So you have to keep a body on him at all times. You have to know where he's at. When the shot goes up, you have to do a great job of keeping him off the boards. And then also, too, you just got to make the catch tough. You can't let him catch it right in the paint. Because if he does, then that's just that's that's what he wants. That's an easy basket. You have to push him out, force him off the block, and just be able to you know make him take tough shots. Joel, North Carolina likes to run, right? I mean that's their game. But you know what? Who they're playing tonight <laughs> really likes to run. If you're North Carolina, we always talk about pace, especially the Villanova game. Whoever is able to dictate pace is going to win the game. Well, Kansas dictated it right from the get-go. Game set match. Heels coming off the emotional game Saturday night. Not that Kansas didn't, but North Carolina Duke is different than Kansas Villanova. Baycott's ankle. If you're Hubert, you can't change what you do. And your natural instinct is to go, go, go. Right. But if you're Carolina tonight, maybe a little bit of a, hey, let's just chill a little bit. Let's run some half-court stuff. Or do you want to go in a running game with Kansas? Because that seems to be what Kansas wants to do. I think you have to pick and choose your times. I think you want to continue to run. Um, because they already run at a faster pace. Now you get a team that likes to run as well. That makes them a little bit tired, but this is where RJ comes into play. Ah. Um, his poise, being able to control the game, understand when we need to slow down and when we need to go. And like I said, he, 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 has, he has had great development with the pace of play, with knowing when to go and when to slow down. Right. That would be very important. Um, I know we used to do a drill where when we when we played, we didn't the t the other team didn't have to take the ball out. Like they would just get it out of the basket and go. Right. That's what type of game it is. They even when the ball goes through the basket, they're going. So I just think you have to really control the pace um, and pick and choose when to run and when to slow it down. Does does Hubert walk the ball up the floor tonight to change gears in the game? Because they walked it up the floor a little bit. Yeah, I think you have to with a team like Kansas. Just to change it up, it's like when you, when, you're, when you have a team that can really score the ball and you want to change it up kind of like how Virginia does, just walk it up. We're going to change the place. We're going to mess with them mentally because they just want to run. So I think that will be a great, you know, something that they can do to kind of change it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I just think the pace of the game is so important. I love what you said about R.J. Davis, the floor general. You know, having Roy up here talking about you and the big moments of some of those games and just learning about your team and your teammates, he's going to have to adjust on the fly and see how this game is going with Big Armando. Again, if he can't get down the floor the same way, I think you have to slow it down. Um, sometimes R.J. Davis and Caleb Love get a loose, little loose with the basketball, a little loose with some of that shot selection. That's propelled you to some big moments, but at the same time, they don't want to start with those half-court turnovers, uh, getting in their sets and things like that. So. Um, I, I still think you have to try and establish Armando, and if he has to, you know, crutch his way down there on the block, get big fella down there somehow. Hey, I got a question. Uh, I've been meaning to ask you this. Since Luke picked Carolina on Saturday, 
Did you kind of roll him into the adjunct Carolina Letterman <laughs> deal over the weekend? Right, right. Did you kind of roll him into some of the stuff post game Saturday? You got Luke into a little bit with the fellas. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For Since sure. he did pick Carolina. Right, right. And people are paying attention. They know. They know what uh, Luke is picking. You know. So I'm in yeah. the club. He's, he, yeah. in the, you're in the club now. The club. He's good on our side. <laughs> is, he, is that right? <laughs> is Boozer talking to you anymore? No, is that, is, not, is I, mean, I can't believe Boozer was sitting next to you yesterday. Yeah, I know. It was. Uh, no, it, you know. I know he was emotional on Saturday, um, so just let him be him. But, you know, you know Booze. He got a great personality. We good now. We good now. They're, everybody, all the Duke fans have gone, so. I thought I was going to have to jump in between them for a second. Do, <laughs> do, do you want to tell people what I might get hit. See, by the way, do you want to tell people what the shirt, the acronym is for the shirt? Yeah, it's good day to be a Tar Heel. Shout out to Breaking T for giving me this shirt. Um, y'all see the date on there, 9481. No, wait uh, a second. You don't want to go back into that, do you? No, no. But yeah, I got you. Yep, yeah, good day to be a Tar Heel, baby. All right. Um, <laughs> how long is today? You've been there. You've been there. This and Look, I only broadcast this game one time, and it was 18 years ago. It was the longest day of the year, and I was just broadcasting the game. How long is it to 920 tonight Eastern time? It feels like they pack a year's worth of events and media and stuff into this week. I will say on game day, you know, you're watching SportsCenter early, you're getting in your film, you're, you're trying to relax and just get your mind right for this game. Right. But people talk about kind of wearing down or that the pace has been too extreme and, and that some of these guys' legs are gonna be tired. If you're not ready for this one, if you can't get fired up for the national championship, check your pulse, something's, something's wrong. You right. know, the, the environment's just gonna be electric. Exactly, yeah. It's just you wake, you wake up in the morning and you're ready to go from the start. You wake um, up, did you sleep at all? Uh, I did sleep. I, I was tired from all the media stuff, you know, being on our feet. So I, I got me some sleep, but it's just you wake up and you're just ready to go. Um, and I know I was. And for me, in 2017, I was really itching to go because I was ready. I was like, we're back in the national championship. Let's go, man. But, you know, you, you have to be able to control yourself. You don't want to get too excited and, and exhaust your energy. I tell you what, I think if I'm Hubert Davis, I'd call up and say, hey, let's push this thing back to 1130. The more rest I can get, the better for Baycott. If he gets some more treatment, I don't mind a 920 tip if I'm Hubert Davis. Well, Joel has talked quite a bit about his ankle injuries and just battling through some of those things in his national championship experience. And the hours that they put in, the staff, that you know, this is first-class basketball. They've got the best trainers in the world. But I bet Armando would like this thing to be dragged out a little bit longer. He might need a few more hours. No doubt. Uh, you boys get time and a half for coming down early today. Yes, sir. <laughs> time and a half. Beautiful day. Come on, lights are bright out here, but we are uh, we're very blessed to have this kind of venue. Yeah, for, it's been uh, fun. For basketball. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Joel Berry, Luke Hancock. When we come back, Pack and I wrap up our uh, coverage from New Orleans. We'll set the table for the rest of the day and uh, get you ready for Carolina and KU tonight at 9:20 Eastern time. Back after this on the Atlantic Coast Conference Television Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Dribbling, gets a screen, three, top of the key. Oh, he got it! Caleb Love and the Heels kick their rivals to the curb on their way to their 12th national title game. At some points, I don't know if it was belief or if it was us just being delusional. We knew that we came together as a team that we can get to the championship. And in the process, in 
of the career of the Hall of Fame coach Mike Krzyzewski. One game away from the national championship, what else can you say? It's Kansas and North Carolina playing for the national title. Playing for the national championship, you're not motivated for that. That's, you shouldn't be playing. Twelve hours away, give or take, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Kansas, yeah. North Carolina, two of the great basketball traditions, and two teams that are smoking hot. Kansas, ten straight. Heels have won eleven of twelve. Time to tip it off and cut down the nets. I said that uh, Saturday night. Uh, thought Duke, Carolina was one possession. I don't know if that's the case tonight. I don't know. I. I, I I don't know enough about Kansas. I've tried to do as much work as I can. There's no question. I think we've talked about Leaky Black and Ochai Abaji. I think that's going to be huge. Uh, McCormick and Baycott. Baycott's health is going to be huge in the ball game. I mean, 75%. Is that going to be good enough? We'll see. Uh, Dewan Harris is Kansas's best perimeter defender. Do they choose R.J. Davis or do they choose Caleb Love? That leaves Christian Brown for the other guy. So there you go. Uh, can I ask, what is BPI's pick for tonight? Do we have the BPI number? B- can that be confirmed before we get out of here tonight? <laughs> um, BPI had Kansas, I think, at nearly 70% before we started the show. That is the absolute best news ever for North Carolina fans. <laughs> that BPI, who has been so wrong, I mean dead wrong about the ACC teams, yeah. uh, proven once again. The fact that they've got Kansas at 71%, if I'm a Tar Heel fan, man, get ready for the party. I'll give you another number, okay. Wes. If is the biggest word in sports. Yep. If North Carolina wins tonight, that will be win number all time, 23-23. Oh my gosh. The number 23 for North Carolina in New Orleans, synonymous. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're into that kind of stuff, 2,323 wins for the Heels if they win tonight. 23-23. Does that mean anything? The Heels 5-0 all time in the Final Four in the great city of New Orleans. Uh, Should be fun tonight. Show 600 for us tomorrow. We will chronicle tonight's basketball and uh, keep you up to speed on a uh, moving target that is ACC basketball, by the way. We'll get into a little bit of that tomorrow. Plus, it's 600, so we'll be dressed up. We'll look nice. And I would like to say, too, real quick, uh, appreciate all the prayers. Yep. Yesterday for Barb. You bet. Uh, We will uh, see everybody soon. Uh, Thanks to Terrence Oglesby, Randolph Childress, Kenny and K.J. Smith, Joel Berry, Luke Hancock, Hall of Famer George Carl, Drew Brooks, Brian Ives, everybody helping us from a production standpoint here in our stay in New Orleans, bud. Great city, great host town, great basketball, great job by the staff and all the smart people up in Bristol. Nothing but net coverage continues tonight, 7 o'clock, right here on ACC Network. We'll see you in the morning at 7 on Packer and Durham. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371 and streaming on the ESPN app.